This is the Danny Britt Show, a weekly look at Benedictine Cadets football on ESPN Radio WSEG Savannah Hilton Head. Now, here's your host, Christian Gokel. Welcome into the Danny Britt Show. Christian Gokel, glad to have you alongside as we are your home for all your Benedictine Cadets football news. Joined uh, as we are every week by the head football coach of the Benedictine Cadets, coming off of a tough loss. Uh, down to Columbus in Miami, 41-15. to The Cadets fall on the second game of that home-and-home home series there with the Columbus Explorers, an excellent 8A football team there out of the state of Florida. And it was a tough game for the Cadets. Some bright spots, uh, but a lot, a lot left to be desired there on the field in Miami. And, Coach, I guess you can't answer questions that you don't know exist. And I thought coming off of Friday night, if there was a silver lining, it's, you, you now you now know where a lot of those question marks are. Yeah, definitely, and that's the that's the idea behind playing teams that are better than you. Um, is you answer questions that maybe a team that's lesser talented uh, can't can't force uh, you to find out. But that team was definitely one that could. So we we found a lot of a lot of holes that we can now go back and really pour into working on and. And that, that's the, the whole idea about playing teams that are better. Yeah, and Columbus an excellent football team. Really big up front. And I want to start kind of on the positive side and then dive into what some of those question marks are. I thought, Coach, for a majority of the game until the end, really, I thought both lines of scrimmage held up pretty well. I know coming into the year, that was one of the biggest question marks was how is the offensive line that's going to have five new starters across it going to hold up? And then defensively, losing guys like Matt Cromanhawk uh, and – holding sap on the edges uh, playing that outside linebacker spot. I think a lot of people were curious what that was going to look like, but I thought if there was a bright spot, uh, it was the play of both lines of scrimmage. Yeah, I think so. I think they, they, they're holding their own. Now, I mean, we've got to be able to, to force more of a, a rushing game and run game. And, you know, uh, but I thought our offensive line did pretty well. Um, you know, Luke was, was continuously pressured, but I think he got out of there before he needed to quite often. So, you know, it, it's all learning experiences, but um, you know, the line being all brand new, offensive line, uh, did some really good things. You know, it's funny, it's never never seems to be as, as bad as you thought or as good as you thought. And, uh, and when we went back and, and looked at the film, you know, there are some bright spots. There are some things that, that we can really build on. Uh, but, um, you know, while also looking at those negative things and pouring into them and, and, and get them corrected. Now, another spot I thought was some younger guys getting a chance to come in, be it to injury uh, or you guys just rotating some guys in there at the end of the game. I thought Nasir Samuel, running back for you guys, number 14, who came in just due to injuries. I know Zaquan uh, went down with some cramps. Uh, Ak Edwards had to leave the football game. And so Nasir came in and immediately, I thought, made an impact. And then on one of the final drives of the game, uh, was able to break off a big touchdown run. I know it's hard to find bright spots in, in big-time losses, but if you can find an extra running back there who can be explosive, I think that could be something that could be beneficial to the team down the line. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, Nas is a very talented kid, you know, big and muscular and uh, can really run. He's a track guy. Um, where Nas just has to, to learn to, to mentally uh, fit into all of the stuff we do, and we do a lot, you know, as far as the motion and movement and which side you're going to and what route you then have to tag to it and that sort of thing. So he's really got to work on that side of the game. But um, 
but yeah, he came in, had a little bit of fresh legs, and and showed what he can do. Now, to some of the question marks, coach, and I'm curious uh, what some of the ones that you had are just watching the game. I thought especially early, uh, it seemed like Columbus was just identified the two inside linebackers and said, hey, we're, we're going to try to take advantage of these guys. And I think some of it might be that they're younger guys, guys who are new to the position, but also with that Columbus offense that's very RPO-based, they were just those were the keys, right? If they stepped up, they were throwing the slant behind them, and if they draw back in coverage, they were handing the football off. I thought especially early, uh, that was probably one of the weaker parts on the defense. Yeah, well, I think what they just had noticed is not necessarily – they just noticed how aggressive they had been, and we had been playing unbelievably aggressive there, which you like. But uh, but then you, you have to realize that certainly when we're, we're playing a lot of zone behind it, they, they have to really help with those RPOs and that inside passing game. And that's, that's something, um, you know, that we, we've struggled with because, again, defensively with those positions, we, we, we trained them very, very aggressively. So – you know, that's something we'll continue to work on. Now, I don't know how many more teams in 4A, and I think that's something people need to be aware of. I don't know how many teams in 4A in the state of Georgia are going to execute to that level of efficiency that we saw from Columbus on Friday night. I mean, give them their credit, right? Senior quarterback, a bunch of upperclassmen playing wide receiver for him that are extremely talented. So as much as we're going to sit here and say, we got to fix this, this, and this, Columbus, a really talented team that's been do- – all of those players have been in that offense for a long time. Yeah, no doubt, and 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 again, that's that was the whole idea behind behind playing them, other than also traveling and, and you know playing you know nationally known programs and that sort of thing. But what we have to realize is, is guys, they have almost five times the number of students we have. They're all boy, uh, high school only, school, Catholic school as well. Where we have four hundred, they have eighteen hundred boys. So <laughs> you got to look at that. And realize then that then transfers to the football program where they have 100 on varsity, they have 100 on JV, and and, and you know between 70 and 80 on freshmen. So uh, that's just the way that kind of kind of works. So they're going to have a lot of kids, a lot of big kids, kids staying fresh, you know, uh, you know that sort of thing, and then be able to execute really well. Now, coach, you mentioned Luke Cromanhawk and under some pressure throughout the game, but also kind of bailing on some good pockets. And I, I think that's just one of the symptoms of being under pressure is even when you do have a good pocket, I think what they call it, seeing ghost, right? You see some some pressures that aren't even there. And then I thought a few examples of holding on to the football too long, just some stuff you're going to see from a younger quarterback early in the season. But man, that first drive of the football game, right? I know some of it's scripted, uh, and then eventually you get to the point where you're having to go off script a little bit, but I thought that first drive of the game should give fans a lot of confidence in what this offense can be going forward. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we can we can be very good, and Luke's going to be very good. We knew this coming in. He's he's young, young at quarterback position, uh, hasn't played much. You know, uh, game two uh, hadn't even played a, a full more than a quarter and a half yet. And, and then, you know, game two, we're throwing him out there against Christopher Columbus. And, and yeah, so he, he did all of the above. And we knew he would. And we knew he would do that because that's just, I mean, every quarterback does. And uh, he's going to get so much better. We're, we're going to get so much better. Uh, yes, we can be, be a really good football team. We just got to keep pushing and, and, and keep working and, you know, uh, work on those details of things. And he'll, he'll get so much better at all, all that you just mentioned. 
Now, as you guys were riding back on the bus uh, to Savannah and then yesterday and sitting down talking as a staff, what were some of the things that you identified as, hey, this has to get fixed pretty quickly? Yeah, I think we have to understand, I mean, just, just uh, as a mindset, understand that, again, when you look at the film, you go, oh, man, there's a, there's a lot of positives there. You know, some, some really good things, you know, which is hard to believe, you know, when you're the program we are and you get beat that bad. But there are that, that we can fix very quickly. So, one, you just have to realize that and never, 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 you know, get to where losing is okay. But also get to a point where, okay, but now we have to move on and fix it. So that's just the basic mentality. Now, across the board, uh, you know, offensively, what we just mentioned with Luke, he's got to fix all of those things. He's got to stay in the pocket a little longer, uh, read his progression. Uh, you know, <laughs> one day I'm going to teach him how to slide maybe. Um, those sort of things. Uh, offensive line, uh, we're way too wide with our hands. You know, we're on the outside continuously. You've got to get our hands inside, so we're working on some things to, to improve that. Um you know, we've got to get more consistency in our route running and make sure we're we're on point with that. So uh, defensively, so many different things. Um, you know, uh, uh, we got to play a little faster up front. We got tired. We, we slowed down. And uh, we have some guys we can rotate. And if we need to rotate more, we'll have to start doing that. Um, you know, linebackers, just like you said, is working on the RPO read. Secondary, we you know, We've got to develop some depth there, which we knew was going to be an issue. Because you know, when when they took full advantage, when when Page went out, when Quan went out, with the twos going in, it, it, they really immediately went to it, ran a ran a you know a corner post on us and got us. Then then later just just you know, drug pretty much drug the uh, number three across the field, and we didn't we didn't ch- follow with our free safety. So. Um, you know, just some things that, that that we've got to do, and we know we got to do them, and we're going to go to work on doing it right now. We're going to continue talking about this Christopher Columbus game when we come back from a break and then take a look at Westminster coming to town from Atlanta, 7.30 on Friday night at Memorial Stadium. we got to take a break, though. We'll come back with more right here on the Danny Britt Show. More Benedictine Cadets football. The Danny Britt Show on ESPN Radio. Wrapping up what was a tough road trip down to Miami, but one, uh, as Coach has mentioned, that has a lot of positives coming out of it and then kind of a sense of direction now uh, for where the team needs to go from there. But, Coach, uh, one of the last things we were talking about there was depth, and it seemed like on Friday night just in that third quarter a rash uh, of injuries, a lot of them cramps, but a bunch of starters going out. And then, as you mentioned, a bunch of second-teamers having to come in uh, that maybe weren't ready. I know uh, I've heard coaches describe it before as like you're just coming cold into a game. It's like walking into a war, right? It's it's hard. You're kind of on your heels when you're going into a game that's already in the third quarter, whereas the guys in front of you uh, have kind of gotten the heart rate up, have gotten hit a few times, know what it's like. It can be really tough for a younger guy, especially without experience, to just walk into a game off the sideline that's already moving that fast. It is very tough, and then you're asking guys, you know, in, in the situation we're talking about, certainly defensively with the secondary, we're asking guys that have never played anything but JV to step out there, you know, against, uh, you know, an 8A school, uh, state champion type school out of Florida. So uh, it's a big time ask. Um, 
you know, so uh, it is very hard. And, and uh, you know, a lot of things that we look at, uh, you know, that we're, we're, you know, I did wrong and, you know, we, but we were cramping and they wore us out. And by the you know, middle of the third quarter, we were struggling. Now, looking at the rotation for some of your guys, I know Zaquan, a guy who's going to play offensively and defensively, but just looking at that rotation back and forth, do you feel like you guys are going to have some adjustments for what the idea was starting in week one to now in terms of snap counts on both sides for some of these guys? Uh, yes and no. I mean, Quan, we're going to we're going to let him get as much as he possibly can. I mean, you got to also realize we played a quarter and a half in the scrimmage and then just just over a quarter and a half in the first game. So it, you know, they just some of it you have to play yourself into shape, and he'll do that. And we've been rotating him, you know, uh, in, on the defensive side with Caleb Jones, who's a tremendous athlete. Uh, you know, tremendous basketball player type guy, uh, but he's just very young. He's a sophomore and and is learning learning everything. So we're going to have to watch him. I think some of the other guys we're going to have to work on some just getting a little bit more rotation. But they'll they'll play into better shape as we go. And then I forgot I played down in Miami twice in college, uh, and I don't know how. And I kept saying, well, I mean, we live in Savannah, the humidity, but the, the humidity in Miami, Florida, is different, baby. Yeah, it felt good up until kickoff, and then it seems like any kind of breeze just stopped and all the air just sat down on the field. Yeah, it was definitely humid back there. I did want to talk about a guy, Coach, who kind of had a little bit of a mixed game but really uh, showed a lot of explosion, which we know he has. Thomas Blackshear, uh, a guy who it seems like anytime he gets his hand on the ball, I'm, I'm not trying to – Thomas, if you're listening to this, I'm not trying to hype you up, so let the ego come down a little bit. But it kind of reminds me of Percy Harvin – where everybody holds their breath every time he touches the football because it could go for six, and he, I think he can be that good. But to fit into the offense that you guys run, and it's simple and complex at the same time, I know for some people that won't make sense, but for him, he when he gets his hand on the ball, it can be a touchdown. But it's finding the ways to get his hands on the ball and the job he has to do to get there, Coach. I think that's maybe the next step for him. Definitely, uh, he, he is a special athlete. He can do so many things. Um, you know, he's going to have to work on consistency day in and day out, as we are as a team. Uh, that's part of the you know, probably the biggest overall thing we're going to have to to improve on. Um, but uh, but he can be special, and yeah, we've got to find ways to get him to rock for sure. Now, when it comes to that secondary guy outside of Zaquan, is it Thomas, or have you found another guy that maybe can fill in some of that void? Because as Kevin and I were talking. On the broadcast, it seems like obviously you miss Justin Thomas for a lot of things, but I think the biggest thing is when it's third and eight, third and ten, and you just have a guy you know can find a way to get open uh, across the middle of the field, or if you throw him the bubble screen, he's going to pick up ten yards. I just feel like that's so irreplaceable, but obviously you guys have the impossible task of trying to replace him. Yeah, I mean, it's very, very hard, and, and you know, the biggest thing is, you know, what. Uh, Justin had is he also had Quan sitting on the outside who was true pretty special too so you know w w you know Quan is that guy and and we'll continue to improve on that and and, and work on that but um it, yeah I mean we've got to find some other guys to be able to make plays Thomas is a big big key in that uh, department now Westminster coming to town this Friday night coach another one of those teams that you guys went out and scheduled because you said hey uh, we want to go out and learn who we are early in the season. And a super talented football team coach, uh, they're 1-1 one one as well to start the year. Beat a really good Lovett team 
Uh, Coach, 14 to nothing. What should we expect to see out of Westminster? Well, this is a time where I get to talk about Abel's Iron Owner Moore and Associates and their sure. uh, fee-only registered investment advisors don't sell any products. I know the people listening love listening to the show love a winning team and appreciate how hard it is to develop. So contact Abel's Iron Owner Moore for more information. Uh, in the scout report, they are a very well-coached football team, um, have a, you know, a lot of seniors uh, that are starting offensively and defensively. Uh, so, you know, it's going to be a, a major challenge for us. Now, I mean, just to be quite honest, it's not like looking across what we were looking across last week. You know, just, just so many major dudes. But um, but it is a good football team. Uh, Westminster has continuously been good. They, they, they beat a good Lovett team, as you, you mentioned earlier, and then uh, lost a pace. Um, but um, but are a, a very well coached, uh, disciplined football team. And coach, I know you're completely dialed into Friday, but how much are you looking forward to? Hopefully, coming off the field on Friday night with the win, going to bed, waking up, getting some coffee, and then turning on college game day for a full Saturday of college football. Yeah, very excited, man. It's just nothing like it, as you know, and, and, and love it. And- uh, just get up, and we got a little hint of it. Uh, we actually watched it on the bus coming back from Miami, you know, the, the, the short game day that they had. But definitely excited about that. You know, I'll put get my laptop out, start working on, you know, all the stuff I have to work on, but have game, game day on the TV, and it's just exciting. All right, before we let you go, we need two season predictions. We need Georgia Southern and Georgia. How do you think the seasons are going to go for those two teams? Well, with Georgia Southern, obviously, uh, you know, it's a bit lot of unknowns. I think Coach Helton's uh, going to do a really good job. I, I really like him for, you know, some personal reasons. He's, he's a really good man, I believe. Um, I think they're going to change it up, and they're going to throw the actual forward pass, uh, which <laughs> I'm excited to see. Uh, I believe it's time. Georgia Southern move on with that, and, and I'm excited for that. So, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a good year. I don't think there's any way you just all of a sudden turn around and get it to be what, what all the Southern people are wanting, but I do think there's going to be a lot of progress made there. Uh, with Georgia, uh, obviously, I think they are, you know, obviously there's a Georgia and Alabama and, you know, everybody else, in my opinion right now. I've said that continuously, and I think that's still going to be the case. And, I'm excited and you know to see what they can do. I know they lost a lot defensively, but they got a bunch of dudes over there again. So I'm excited to see what they can do as well. Yeah, just a full weekend of football coming up. It's so good to be back. And heck, it even felt a little bit cool outside this morning, which I know has been a change for a lot of people. Coach, we'll see you out there on Friday night, man. Christian, I appreciate you once again. Thank you. More Benedictine Cadets football. The Danny Bridge Show on ESPN Radio. Welcome back into the Danny Bridge Show right here on ESPN Radio. Christian Gokel, glad to have you along with us here on this Monday evening. Uh, wrapping up, it was a tough weekend for the Cadets down in Miami, but looking ahead at Westminster. Pleased to be joined as we are every week by a member of the Cadet squad. This week, going to catch up with senior offensive lineman Charlie Iannone here on the program. And Charlie, I know not what you guys wanted to get out of that game down in Miami, but if there's a silver lining from it, uh, what would you say it is? I would say the silver lining we learned was what we need to improve on. It's hard for us to better ourselves when we are winning games 45 nothing at half. We uh, It really exposed us to what we need to improve. 
Now, you're a part of the unit that uh, is replacing five guys across the front, part of that state championship winning offensive line. Uh, what's it been like? Uh, I know a lot of young guys on that unit. You, one of the few seniors playing there uh, across the offensive line. What's that process been like building a whole new offensive line? It's been uh, it's been difficult. A lot of guys switch positions who've never played a line before. But we're all working with each other. We're teaching each other, learning from each other. So it's a it's a process, but we're all getting better together. Now you have Westminster coming up uh, this Friday night back in Savannah. When you're going out to practice today, what do you imagine are going to be the first few things you guys are working on? Uh, the first thing we need to work on is tempo and how we carry ourselves. Kind of lack that in Miami. We didn't BC football as much as we normally do. And so I think everyone will be amped up and ready for Westminster, trying to get back at it. Okay, catching up with Charlie Iannone here, member of that Cadets offensive line. Uh, you, one of those guys who switched positions, right? A linebacker uh, for your entire career there with BC. What was the conversation uh, with Coach Britt and Coach DePhillips and those guys about moving to the offensive line? Well, uh, I saw that the O-line was going to need placements, and they approached me asking me if I would be willing to, and I mean, I don't really care as long as I get to play. Yeah, that's a good mindset to have. And I know a lot of people saying, man, a guy, I don't know what your weight is right now, but a guy who for the most part played under 200 pounds for his career. I know you're a member of the lacrosse team uh, as well, but there's a guy last year who was, what, 185 pounds there playing left guard uh, all season who seemed to do pretty well. Yes, sir. Now, you are part of a family that has a long history of being at BC. I know coming into your senior year has to be special. Uh, what's it mean to be a part uh, of a legacy uh, of a group of INOs uh, that have come through that school and coming into your senior year? What have these past four years meant to you? Uh, they've been great. Um, a lot to look up to. The bar is high, so I have to kind of reach for that, but it's been great. A lot of support from my family and siblings. Now, I know you're a multi-sport athlete, really focused on football right now, uh, obviously, but a member of the, a really successful cadets lacrosse team. What's the future hold for you uh, after this year, man? I know this is a really complicated year, playing football, uh, looking at universities, got another sport coming up. What's the future hold for Charlie Iannone? I went on trying to uh, go to Auburn University. Hang out with your brother? Club sports there. Yes, sir. That's awesome, man. Again, catching up with Charlie Ionum. Before we let you get out of here, man, I know uh, fans maybe see that defeat and they're like, man, 45 to 16. Is this Cadets team really, really going to be the one that can go back and repeat a state chance? But last year, uh, you guys start 0 2 before ripping off 13 in a row. How important is it to you guys to look up uh, and see a full set of stands out there uh, which just packed out with BC fans? I mean, I'm not sure who all watched the game, but you saw they had full stands and how it affected them. I mean, when we have full stands like that, it helps. Both man, for sure. Yeah, Charlie Iannone, kind enough to take some time with us here today. Taking on Westminster there with the rest of the cadets Friday night at Memorial Stadium. Be able to listen to it right here on 104.3 uh, for the call there of that game starting at 730. Charlie, I appreciate the time, man. Look forward to seeing you out there on Friday. Sure, thank you. You've been listening to ESPN's Danny Britt Show on 93.7 Hilton Head and Savannah AM 1400 and FM 104.3 WSEG. Tune in next week for more Benedictine Cadets football talk on ESPN Radio.